Blog Talk Radio. Satellites in the skies broadcasting live 
I think I may have uh, partially thanked him last week. But I want to thank uh, uh, Bill Croft and uh, Dean McCormick uh, because whenever I have uh, put out a call for backers, target backing material, the uh, phone core from the the political campaign signs uh, and cardboard and stuff like that, uh, the uh, both Bill and Dean have really uh, have really jumped in and uh, and made it happen. As a matter of fact, I, I just about could not uh, move around in the forty foot storage container because Bill had brought uh, so much cardboard over the last few months, and uh, I finally got around to. Uh, to cutting it all up and, and flattening it out so I could stack it, uh, correct it by size. But uh, that may not seem like a big thing, but it is a big thing because uh, because otherwise uh, we'd be we'd be scrounging for target backers and uh, and we're in good shape now. So I want to thank them. Now I want you guys. Uh, to call in, our number is 347-308-8790, 347-308-8790, and, uh, and use the beginning of the show, as we always do, as an opportunity for you to call in and thank your local uh, crews who are doing a great job there, because uh, all of the folks uh, in Appleseed are volunteers. None of them are getting paid for for what they're doing. They're all doing it uh, on a volunteer basis. They're doing it because they believe in the mission, because they believe that this nation is a nation worth saving, and uh, and it doesn't hurt to thank them. We we use our our members, our instructors. We we use the uh, we use them like. Uh, uh, we use them like dogs a lot of the times, and uh, and like I told you before, it's not because uh, we're inherently cruel. It's because we have an actual mission that we're trying to accomplish, and it's an important mission. And uh, but that being said, there's no reason that uh, that we can't give these folks uh, a pat on the back and a thanks. And, uh, and so that's what we do at the beginning of the show each week. So. If you'd like to call in, 347-308-8790. And uh, at the same time, we'll, uh, we'd like to hear uh, any of the the local uh, after-action reports, or if you have an event coming up, then we would like to hear about that also. Uh, if you have a uh, an instructor who's been doing a fantastic job, maybe... Uh, someone who's just passed a PC or maybe somebody who just uh, told their first story at an event uh, this last weekend, uh, or it doesn't even have to be an instructor. It can be somebody who's doing uh, promotions or helping with admin, any of that stuff, because every single motion, every single step uh, in this program is done by volunteers, and we want to make sure that we're doing our best to recognize them and to thank them. And one of the, the the easiest ways to uh, mess up a volunteer organization is to make the volunteers think that uh, 
that the time that they are donating is not being appreciated. And uh, I certainly appreciate the, the time, uh, all of the time that all of the instructors here in Texas, uh, in my uh, in my area of operations, are donating. And God bless and keep them. And uh, and I'm sure that you feel the same way. Uh, <clears throat> I'd like to thank all of the folks who attended the Appleseed this last weekend here in Davila. And uh, I want to thank all of the instructors who were there, too. I want to thank uh, Floyd Ferguson and uh, Larry Coonrad, uh, his grandson, uh, Andrew Coonrad, uh, uh, Bobby, and uh, uh, I know I'm missing somebody. Uh, and I'll think of it in a minute. Uh, anyway, I want to thank all of the instructors uh, because each and every one of those guys, uh, they gave it their all, and it was, it was a, uh, you know, uh, it was a typical Texas weekend. We had uh, a cold, wet, rainy storm uh, Saturday Saturday morning, I believe, and then. Uh, and then once the storm was over, it wasn't cold and wet anymore. It was hot and steamy. And then Sunday, it was just plain hot. Uh, everybody walked away from the Sunday with a, a nice uh, skin burn on them. And then I want to thank all of the uh, the folks that attended. And we're going to talk about this uh, the phenomenon in just a, a little while when we talk about the addiction. But I want to thank all the folks who attended because... Uh, they knew it wasn't any uh, surprise that they, they were going to have stormy weather, and yet they came anyway. Not only that, once it started storming, they didn't go, "Oh my gosh, I'm wet and cold, and it's it's muddy here." They they stayed, they stayed, and once the the storm had done its worst, uh, it destroyed a couple of the folks. As a matter of fact, it destroyed Bill Cronk's overhead cover that he left there, so I'll have to tell him that I'll have to get him another one. He destroyed his overhead cover, ripped it to shreds. <clears throat> and <clears throat> normally we put up uh, a, a series of flags uh, up on uh, like uh, 18, 19 foot uh, tall steel poles. And we didn't do it this time because we, we knew the rain was coming. Uh, once a storm had done its worst and destroyed everything and soaked everything down and the lightning had passed because you know we we don't shut down an apple seed uh, for most weather. An apple seed is kind of like the military in the fact that that it doesn't normally recognize weather. The only real weather that uh, that will that will recognize is lightning, <laughs> and that's uh, that's pretty much common sense because. Uh, we have 25 or 35 folks standing around in an open field with uh, with long pieces of metal in their hands. You're, you're asking for trouble. And uh, once the storm had done its worst and passed by, uh, most of the folks kind of left. I mean, it was it was storming for uh, a good hour and a half, two hours, and uh, and we tried to weather it out in some makeshift uh, uh, kind of storm shelters that we made. And then those got destroyed. Good 
Then once the lightning appeared, we had everybody get in their vehicles because that's uh, that's normally the safest place. You're uh, in your vehicle and it's you're insulated uh, uh, because of your tires and the interior and stuff, and have them take shelter in there. Then they could have just as easily, you know, started the engines and left. Or certainly once we once it rained for a couple of hours, they could have just said, that's it, man. I'm going to grab my gear and I'm going to go. And uh, they didn't. Not only that, but even with the threat of rain the next day, uh, all but a couple of them showed back up. The only that didn't show up are, there, are, are folks that we know can already come, can only come on Sun, uh, Saturdays anyway. But they came back. And they stayed till the end of the day. And, uh, I want to thank them for that because they didn't have to. They didn't have to stay till they didn't have to stay through the storm on Saturday, and they didn't have to stay after the storm on Saturday because it didn't stop raining. Uh, it was uh, when I think the, once the storm did its worst and 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 went on, it, it did, but it didn't stop raining. It still continued to rain, and I just told the folks, I go, look, I said, this is just a. Uh, this is just a, a mild Texas rain. You no, know? it's just coming straight down. There's no, it's not coming in a slant. There's no wind or anything. It's just a mild Texas rain. So, so let's get back to shooting. What do you say? And everybody said, oh, let's go, let's do it. Uh, and we didn't waste the time. We told uh, the, all three strikes during the uh, during the time we were stuck there in the in the pouring rain. Although it was hard to hear, and I have to tell you that I was really proud of uh, Rachel Malone. She's a bullet in the form, and she's one of the new female instructors. Because here she is. Uh, she's not. She's not at the point that she has to tell any of the stories yet. I just like to get the guys. I like to get them telling their stories as soon as possible, even if they don't feel they're ready. I just tell them, look, don't don't sweat it. You start telling your story. I'll be standing right here. If you if, if if you are at a loss for some information, or if you want me to give you a hand, I just look over at me and and nod, and I'll step in and uh, I'll tell a little bit of it, and then that'll make you remember the rest of it, and then you'll jump in, and then you know we'll tell it back and forth. We I think that Junior Bird Band uh, coined the phrase the uh, the Huntley and Brinkley system of telling the story uh, about six years ago uh, in this method, and uh, it works out really well. Well, Rachel didn't need it. She uh, she began telling the story, and even though uh, things were flying past her, uh, you know, across the, the range there, uh, portions of the, uh, of the shelter were being torn off and blown away. Uh, people were scrambling back and forth around her, uh, trying to stay dry or to or, or to save some piece of gear or something. Uh, she didn't, and not a bit of it bothered her. Uh, she stood fast and she told her story, and it was a great story, short, sharp, clean, and uh, and she did a great job. <laughs> And uh, at any point, the folks could have left. 
or they could have not come back the next day, but they did. And uh, and uh, I, I respect them uh, more than they could know for that because uh, I'm an instructor. You know, I'm going to be there regardless. But uh, but they're not. They could leave at any time. What, and I'm, I'm I tell the folks that I'm always. Uh, I'm always amazed. I'm never shocked when I see it happening anymore because because I see it over and over. But I'm always amazed that it continues to happen over and over. So uh, to see the people come to events uh, to brave the inclement weather to, in many cases, lay down in uh, mud or uh, there have been several times where I've seen them uh, lay down in standing water. I mean, I I know one of the rangers got laid out poorly uh, in the beginning. It's been fixed since then, but one of the rangers got laid out pretty poorly. uh, And the the 25-meter mark for the folks to lay down on happened to uh, end up in the in the ditch, in the drainage ditch. So the folks were laying there, and uh, their from their waist uh, from their waist down, they were laying in about eight inches of water, and they did it. And uh, these aren't uh, these aren't uh, uh, special forces troops or uh, you know or military or anything like that. These these are regular folks who, who I've got to say, I, I doubt that uh, they've ever gone to the range and spent more than two hours there in their life, probably. And yet they show up here. We make them, uh, we make them go through this uh, all day long, two days in a row, and they do it. And uh, I always got, I, I always have the greatest amount of respect for these folks. All right. Uh, so you can call in at three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. You can uh, you can tell us about uh, uh, any of the folks uh, who have passed a PC, someone who shot the rifleman standards, uh, uh, and uh, or given AAR for a, an event you just attended, or you for promoting one. Uh, that is in the future, then uh, give us a call at 347-308-8790. And I see Unbridled Liberty here in the chat room is saying we tend to attract above average Americans for sure. And that's absolutely true. But, you know, one of the things that I told these guys uh, at the end of the day, and I know that I'm spoiling my benediction uh, talk that I'm going to do in a minute, but... I told them that they are the the epitome of uh, of the folks that Washington Secretary Joseph Reed was talking about when he looked around him at the uh, at the uh, the ranks that were gathered there. Uh, in the dead of winter in uh, 1770s, 
76 uh, and the 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 guys were there with no no clothes, no shoes. It's winter, it's hailing, it's sleeting. Uh, most of the other, most of the, the the folks who had enlisted had gone home. It was just a, a tiny, a tiny group of the twenty thousand man army that uh, Washington had that he had taken with him out of New York. Uh, he had uh, only a little bit above two thousand men left. And Joseph Reed wrote to a friend about them. He said, "When I look around me." Uh, I don't see the the noisy sons of liberty. When I look around me, I see those I least expected. And that's the same thing that I see uh, during inclement weather and at the end of an Appleseed event. I don't look around me. I don't see uh, uh, a platoon or, or a company of uh, hardened uh, infantrymen uh, who you would expect to be there uh, in the rain and uh, and braving the weather and stuff. I see those uh, of whom I least expected. I see uh, uh, women who had never shot before, who have never, in many cases, have never been uh, camping or anything else. I see uh, youngsters. Uh, I, I see older gentlemen. I see those who I, who I least expected to be there and uh, to be on the line participating in an event. Uh, and uh, I'm really proud of them. <clears throat> okay. Uh, like I said, you guys uh, you guys are welcome. Call in 347-308-8790. If you have any kind of commercial ventures that you'd like to uh, uh, to get out on the air to folks, uh, then you're welcome to do that too. Because we uh, we we want to help our Appleseed brothers and sisters. And uh, if we're going to trust to start some commercial event, we have some commercial offering and. Uh, and maybe the person making the offering is uh, is uh, is offering something that you need anyway. Then why not uh, help out your Appleseed brothers and sisters? And uh, on that note, I want to let you guys know that uh, that we're having an instructor shoot here, an instructor uh, one day shoot here in Davila at uh, Battle Road, and uh, it's going to be a one day KD shoot and uh Floyd F. Floyd Ferguson has uh put this thing together and uh, he's done a great job at it. And uh it's uh it's gonna be a chance for the instructors to shoot at actual distance and then they can turn in their actual distance scores. And uh that is September fifteenth. And I believe I'd like to tell you guys, I'd like to invite you guys to come, but I believe it's already going to get uh, capped out within a week of us talking about it. Capped out at the 15 that uh, Floyd put on it. Uh, I'm sure if you're absolutely, if you if you just simply can't live without coming, I guarantee you that we'll we'll shoehorn you in somehow. Uh, PM me about it. We'll we'll figure out some way to get you uh, 
to get you into this event. But I, I also wanted to let you know that on Sunday, uh, and this is a one-day event, the KD Shoots a one-day event. And uh, because Floyd wanted to get you guys here, get started uh, nice and early, and then have it shut down in time for the folks uh, to make it home who lived in any of the uh, any of the large surrounding cities like uh, Houston, San Antonio, or Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, you can, we'll, we'll shut it down in time, I think about 4 o'clock when it shuts down. Shut it down in time for you to be home by uh, 7.30 or 8. And, uh, but if you want to stay or if, uh, if you don't go to KD but you would like to attend uh, uh, on Sunday, then we'll have a uh, fighting shotgun course put on by Battle Road. And uh, if you'd like more information about this, you can go to battleroadusa.com. BattleRoadUSA.com, and if you'd like to uh, register for the event, then go ahead and register because this this is going to fill up pretty quick too. Because I believe that I believe that uh, my partner Mark Martinez, I think that he capped that at uh, around twelve to thirteen folks. So, and we just opened up Eventbrite for it. So Eventbrite is now open for registration. So if you're going to come to this event, I would advise you to go ahead and head on over to Eventbrite. And you do that by going to BattleRoadUSA.com and then uh, clicking on the, the link to Eventbrite there on the uh, on our, uh, the webpage and signing up for the, the, the uh, fighting shotgun course. <clears throat> Mark just got through with, uh, I think, five or six shotgun courses. I don't know how much he spent, uh, how much time he spent in the courses in the last couple of weeks, I imagine probably about uh, 10 or 12 days that he spent in uh, freshening up his shotgun skills and I think five or six different courses that he ended up taking. Well, he's ready to pass that information on to you. And uh, and it's, uh, uh, it's going to be a great course. And if you, uh, if you have a shotgun... As your primary or primary or secondary uh, self-defense or home defense firearm, then this is going to be a great course for you because uh, it uh, it has a lot uh, it has a lot of information that you're going to get about using it uh, to uh, in uh, enclosed spaces like uh, in hallways and stuff like that. How to retain your shotgun. If you're going down the hallway or making a corner or something like that, and uh, and your opponent grabs the shotgun, and it's, it's since just like a rifle, it's, it's a lot longer than a handgun. You can't uh, tighten it up too far up against your body. If they grab hold of it, then you're going to need to know how to retain it, how to keep them from grabbing it away from you, uh, how to escape the retention, how to make the shot. So this is a, this is going to be included in that. And like I said, if you need more more, more information about it then uh, head on over to BattleRoadUSA.com. And then if you're thinking about attending, go ahead and sign up because it's going to close out pretty quick. All right? We only have the 12 spaces, and we're not going to be making any more, not for uh, not for that Sunday. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, one I'm going to announce one last time. Uh 
that uh, if you'd like to call in, we'll go ahead. We'll still take your calls during the show if you wanted to call in and uh, and thank one of your local crew members, or if you want to uh, uh, talk about an event that you just ran or uh, promote an upcoming event, we'll still take your calls. I'm going to go ahead and get started uh, with the body of the show. And uh, let's start off by talking. Uh, we talked last week uh, uh, about most of the rest of the stuff, and now we're now we're at the end of the day uh, on the apple seat. <laughs> we're at the uh, like the three o'clock or, or four o'clock uh, time period on Sunday, and what comes in? Well, that's the that's the time that you have to run the last AQT. The last AQT and then the benediction. And I like to make sure that before you run the last AQT, uh, you guys would try uh, <clears throat> try slowing it down just a bit if you can. I know that a lot of times uh, we're racing the clock to try and get that last AQT and the last red coat in before we we absolutely wear everybody down to uh, to the limits of their physical endurance or to uh, sunstroke. Uh, but usually here, about uh, about uh, 4:30 or so, we'll put up the last AQT. And we'll run the last AQT in red coat between like 4:30 and 5:30, <clears throat> and uh, before we do that, uh, most of the time, what I would really like to do, if it's at all possible, is to slow it back down uh, so that you have just enough time to to give a quick refresher. And you let the folks know, look, we're coming up to the last AQT. And uh, this is going to be your last chance uh, of the day for you guys to uh, to shoot to rifle and standards and uh, give them a quick refresher. It doesn't need to be uh, more than about five minutes, all right? And you can usually you can spare that five minutes and you quickly go over the most important uh, parts of uh, of what they're going to be doing next. Make sure that you emphasize uh, the folks having their slings, making sure that their slings are set up correctly in their prep period. Make sure that they have uh, that they are in each of the stages. That they are building their the uh, the proper position, the proper shooting position. Make sure that you're telling them about uh, the six steps, and really emphasizing having them shoot uh, in their respiratory pause within their respiratory cycle. Having them uh, pay attention to their trigger control. Uh, and then one of the most important things that you will hear at an app, uh, at an Apple Seed event is 
step 4B, which is really, uh, I consider to be uh, the most important uh, piece of information that you're going to get at an apple seed. The most important, uh, one of the most important things you'll do is build a uh, build a proper shooting position because everything else flows out of that. If you don't have a steady position, you might as well give it up because uh, you're just running Russian roulette on it. But one of the most important pieces of information you'll get is 4B, and that is focusing your mind on keeping the front sight on the target. The reason for this is because if you do everything else right, if you do everything else 100% right and you fail at 4B, then you, you fail at everything. Because if the front sight is not on the target when the rifle fires, I don't care what else you did right. It's not going to, your round is not going to impact on the target. All right? So make sure that you're, uh, that you're running back through the six steps. Make sure that you tell the folks that natural point of aim is very, very important on on all of the stages, but uh, step, or stage two, stage three, and stage four, it, it's really important that they start off with a good uh, natural point of aim. And one of the reasons is this, is that by the end of the day, they've learned how to do their shifts, right? They've learned how to do the shift. Now, it's the, the shift is not uh, is not something that you can... Uh, that you can uh, get the exact uh, declination on, the exact calibration on, your body has to figure it out. I'm going to have to shift this much or this much to get from one target to the next. And uh, you don't have a switch that you can go to or that you can set it. Your body just has to learn how to do it. Well, that's good, but here's a bad part of that, and that is if you get your first in POA is incorrect, then what, ha what happens now is when you shift, you drag that bad in POA with you. And uh, you can see this happen quite a bit with shooters, especially when they're first beginning, because you'll look at that uh, the first target on any of these three stages here, and you'll see that, uh, you'll see that all of the rounds, uh, you know, have... Uh, they have a pretty wide group, high right or low left, whatever it is. And then you'll see that on each of the stages. Now, it may just get worse if they if they have a bad NPOA, and as you're shifting, they're shifting even further away from the NPOA, or uh, so it's very important that they get, that they establish their initial natural point of aim uh, as, as 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 good as possible. Uh, I had one of the people ask me at this last event, they said, look, do I have to take this, this is taking the time to check my NPOA every time. It is killing me on the time. <clears throat> and I said, look, you don't have to check your NPOA every time on every shot now. You've learned how to determine your natural point of aim, and then shift it onto the target. Now what you have to do is you have to make sure that you have established that natural point of aim on your first target so that your shifts that you now know how to do, that your shifts are uh, scooting 
that natural point of aim uh, from target to target as you shift along. Because if you've got a good uh, natural point of aim and you do your shift right, then you're going to shift that natural point of aim onto the next target. If you have a bad in POA, then there's a good chance you're going to drag that bad in POA with you. So, uh, so make sure that they are uh, that they're taking the time and they're understanding that uh, that getting the natural point of aim for that first target is vitally important. Uh, and then reiterate. Uh, rifleman's cadence, the rifleman's bubble, and the rifleman's dance. Now we talked about all this uh, when we were talking about the AQT, <clears throat> but they got to understand that if they're looking at that target uh, on this last AQT or any AQT, but especially when you're talking to them at the end of the day on Sunday, if they're looking at that target and they fire around and it's high right, and they know that they uh, they know they have their natural point of aim right, they know they uh, they had their uh, uh, side alignment good, their sight picture, everything was good. They fired that first round and it's high right. They fired the second round and it's high right. Don't keep firing every round high and right. If they can see where their round's impacting, don't keep firing high and right. Adjust your aiming point so that you can adjust the impact of the round into uh, the black. Uh Okay, that's the that is the quick refresher that you're going to give. Now, you can also give a quick refresher on uh, uh, at the beginning of each stage. It depends on how much time you have, but but certainly you can you can give a uh, a uh, sixty or one hundred and twenty second reminder refresher about what they're going to do. How in stage one. Uh, they're going to uh, face the target. They're going to turn 90 degrees to their strong side. Then they're going to turn their face to face the target again, and they're going to stand erect like uh, Greek gods or goddesses. They're going to bring the rifle up to their cheek. They're not going to. They're not going to send their head down looking for the rifle. For them to expect the uh, butt stock to be sticking up above their shoulder, and then for them to. Uh, uh, to shoot only until they begin chafing the rabbit and then to take a break. Uh, and you do this, uh, a quick refresher uh, for each of the stages. And then remind them to use their prep period. Uh, that's one of my big pet peeves is folks throwing away their prep period, especially if they're not shooting in the 240s. Uh, because the whole the whole uh, point of the prep period is for them to prepare for that course of fire, and uh, they should be using it as a rehearsal. They should be using that prep period as a rehearsal, making sure their sling is good, that their position is good, and then rehearsing that stage. If you're in standing, you're rehearsing, uh, bringing the sights uh, into your sight line onto the target taking a shot, you're rehearsing taking your breaks, you're rehearsing your breathing uh, cadence. Uh, in stage two, you're rehearsing the, the whole list of things that have to be done so that you're not 
wasting any time in stage two. You're going to be rehearsing the uh, dropping into position, getting the safety off, putting the mag in, working the bolt, uh, beginning your course of fire, only getting only only firing two rounds out of your two-round mag. New mag in, work the bolt, then continuing your course of fire. That they're going to use their prep period as a rehearsal. Go through each of the stages and make sure that they're rehearsing what they're going to do in that stage in their prep period. Sometimes, uh, uh, well, most of the time, I want to give them a, a little bit of a pep talk because by by the end of the day on Sunday, you know they're they're worn out. Like I said, nobody even nobody ever goes to the range and does even uh, uh, usually even an hour uh, of shooting. Usually, it's that's the end of the that's their upper end of their range time is one hour. First, so do they ever go for uh, sixteen to twenty hours? And yet here they are going to be on Sunday, and they're going to be uh, they're going to be fried. Uh, they're going to be physically exhausted. So you want to give them uh, encouragement. Uh, you want to tell them that you know that they are, uh, that they're tired, just like the folks uh, at Valley Forge were, just like the folks at Bunker Hill were, just like the folks were at Calpens and uh, Trenton and Princeton and uh, and this is the time when they're going to have to dig in. This is the time that's going to separate uh, the folks that uh, the folks that are out uh, playing from the folks that are serious about shooting. And uh, and there are times when I'll I'll dig out my one of my bottles of water that uh, I collected from under the under the bridge at the North Bridge, and uh, and I'll douse their trigger fingers with it, and uh, you know, and tell them that uh, that the water, uh, you know, can improve their score by 40 points, and uh, and give them encouragement, you know, make it make what you're about to do something that is serious. And meaningful. Don't just rush through it because that's the results you'll get. You get the results of somebody rushing through something. Uh, take a pause. Uh, talk to them about what's going on. Uh, give them a chance to. And I'm not. T- I'm not telling you to let them get cold. That's uh, that's one of you. You pause everything for 30 minutes. And if they were uh, if they were in the zone, they're out of it now after the 30-minute pause. I'm just telling you to take a quick pause, uh, no more than five minutes or so, and get them uh, get them ready for what they're about to do. All right. Uh, I know a lot of you guys are probably already doing this, and and if you are, I'm not talking to you. I'm just. Uh, I'm just telling you some of the things that that I do, and you guys can uh, you guys can do these things or not. It's uh, it's up to you. But uh, but I like to make the I make, make like to make the 
the last uh, AQT, you know, a, a special event. All right. Uh, let's see. We've got a, another caller here now. I don't know if you're just listening or not. So let me go ahead and uh, open the line. And, uh, and don't worry if you're if you're just listening. You don't have to uh, you know, to come on and talk. But I'm going to give you a chance to talk if you want to. Area code nine zero seven three six zero. You're on there. Oh, hey, Scout. It's Fisher Dog. I was just listening in tonight. Well, hey, Fisher Dog. Uh, how are things going? Well, good. We have a shoot this weekend coming up day after tomorrow uh, out in Chugiak, Alaska, with uh, I think 20 people signed up on the line. Well, so. I've well, improved my dry fire, so I, I'm uh, on the hunt for a patch this weekend. <laughs> well, well, excellent, Fisher Dog. And uh, what does the weather look like this time of the of year there in Chugiak? Uh We'll probably be in the low 60s uh, in the afternoon. It might be 50 degrees in the morning or very high 40s first thing in the morning starting up. And the forecast is for partly cloudy, so should be pretty pleasant uh, shooting weather. It, it's starting to try and turn a little bit to fall here in Alaska, but still uh, late summer. Well, what's a, so what's a, a hot summer, summer day there in Chugiak? What's that? What's a hot summer day in Chugiak look like? Uh, maybe 75. Man, I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rough. We pay for it on the other end, though. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that uh, 75 probably seems pretty toasty to you guys. Uh, you know, I had some buddies in uh, uh, Iraq, and uh, they were telling me what was it? One of the guys was saying, uh, uh, you know, normally it was like uh, 115, 120, and stuff there, and. Uh, one of the guys told me, he said, man, uh, uh, we're freezing. We're freezing to death. I go, well, how cold is it? He goes, man, he goes, it's like in the low 70s. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I go, what? It's in the low 70s and you're freezing? But uh, the thing you don't realize, you know, everything's relative. Uh, if you're used to right. 120 degrees and it drops 50 degrees, you know, that's, uh, that's no different than for me to wake up and tomorrow that, uh, you know, it's 50 degrees. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure it's too cold. I, I would be cold, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I've no I can't on your way right now. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, uh, you say you had 20 of the slots already filled? Uh, yes, I believe so. That's right. Okay. And who's going to be running the shoot? Uh, it's an SKS. Oh, that's right. That's right. He moved to Alaska. Yes, he is. All right. Well, listen. Be sure and uh, tell him I said. uh, uh, Tell him I said, howdy, and that uh, I'm glad I. uh, I'm glad that he's up there, uh, you know, moving things along there in Alaska. I'm not glad he is. Have you talked to him? Oh, he is. Yeah, I think he's really enjoying it. I've run into him a couple of times. We have kind of a similar commute in the same direction uh, after work. I saw him a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Well, 
you guys have a great shoot. And then uh, let's see, next Thursday, be sure and call in and let us know how it went, okay? Because I'd like to find out uh, how many guys are uh, shooting for Rifleman Standards. I want you to be able to, to call up and crow about your patch and then uh, uh, find out how many uh, instructors you guys pick up. Will do, Scott. Thank you. Okay, listen, take care of yourself, brother. And I hope to see you sometime. I'm not sure when I'll get up to Alaska, but I sure hope to see you sometime. Yeah, I hope I can make it down there someday, Scott. I look forward to that. Thank you. Well, you, you got a home here anytime you need it. All right, brother? Hey, thank you. You're same right, here. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right, the uh, the uh, Alaska was uh, busted into by... Uh, Bob 210, he has uh, managed to expand the California uh, instructing abilities all the way up to Alaska. And uh, uh, I believe uh, that, uh, and then, of course, then he pushed it into Hawaii. So I believe that uh, I'm trying to figure out where his next, uh, where his next venue will be. Uh, I don't know that I don't think that we've had uh, any events in Puerto Rico yet, so there's a place. Uh, let's see where else. Uh, 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 let's see. There's the uh, uh, there are several other uh, American protectorates uh, like in uh, uh, Samoa. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's still a lot of areas left to expand into. So I'm. I'll be uh, I'll be waiting to hear from Bob Two Ten on where his next uh, expansion effort is headed. <clears throat> All right. Uh, uh, okay, so we've covered the we've covered the last AQT. All right. Make sure that you make the last one special and uh, and the same thing with the. The, the last red coat and uh, and you want to make sure that you're praising uh, all of the folks all of the folks that uh, are uh, and everybody who's there is going to be improving I'm not, I'm, there's nobody who's not going to be improving there are going to be people who have uh, uh, who may have hit a plateau some plateaus are lower than others alright but everybody's going to be improving and uh uh, make sure that you praise the folks for that, and then that will lead you uh, into the benediction. Uh, everybody's benediction is different, and, and it should be. Everybody has uh, their own way of thanking the folks for coming and then trying to leave an impression uh, in the minds of the folks who came about how much uh, about how important it was that they attended about how much you appreciate their attendance how proud you are of them and then about about how important it is that they understand that they have a sacred obligation to 
preserve the freedoms and liberties that they are enjoying by virtue uh, of living in this nation. Now, uh, like I said, everybody can everybody can find their own trail through this. I, I talked to the folks uh, uh, about, uh, and I do this on on Saturday mornings too, but I'll echo it on Sunday evening, that certainly they didn't have to be there. They could be uh, still sitting on their couch, living their life through a series of 30-minute sitcoms uh, because because that's how a, uh, a large portion of our nation lives their life. They dial into one of the sitcoms where where you have a, a happy-go-lucky group of folks uh, who are all happy, and then there's some dramatic event is introduced, and they don't know if they'll make it, or it's scary, or uh, never too scary because it's a sitcom, uh, or it's stressful. And then, and then of course, in the last uh, two to three minutes of the show, the uh, the situation is worked out. Voila! Uh, life returns to its its very happy-go-lucky. Uh, way and and then you can flip to the next 30 minute sitcom and that's how you can live your life that's how you can live your life as an American I thought that uh, I thought that that after after serving my nation uh, as a soldier, uh, after going overseas, after getting nasty and dirty and uh, and being mean and uh, and ugly, I thought that uh, after those six years, I thought that I had paid my dues. You know that that what I what I got now was a free ride. And uh and it took me a good many years to understand that that nobody gets a free ride. That your obligation to preserving and safeguarding the freedoms and liberties of this nation is an open ended non-delegatable obligation. And a lot of folks don't understand that there's there's any obligation at all. That there's there's anything at all. Because in their minds, they've already delegated uh, this responsibility to someone else. And like I said, this is a non-delegatable responsibility. You can't delegate it to uh, your mother or your father or your sons or your or your daughters or anyone. And uh, and you guys probably have heard me say this a million times, but uh, you certainly cannot delegate it to your senators and congressmen, right? Because if that was the case, 
this would all be fixed, and yet it is not. So the responsibility is yours. This is something that you're going to have to get across to the folks that uh, that they don't have to uh, to join Appleseed. They don't have to become uh, part of the program to become an instructor in order for them to uh, uh, in order for them to fulfill their obligation to the nation. But you should definitely make sure they understand that that is a possibility. That's a possible way for them to do it. I tell folks that that living out in the middle of nowhere, living rurally, uh, that I had, I felt I had no uh, outlet. I had no way to help. And that that my wife was getting very... uh, she was becoming very anxious about my my banging on the TV and yelling and screaming and uh, and I remember she would tell me, "Honey, you're you're going to make yourself sick by doing this." And uh, and what is what is this accomplishing? And the answer is, it wasn't accomplishing anything. And then I found out about Appleseed and uh, and and while Appleseed may not be for everyone, then it was the answer. For me, and it was a way that I could fulfill my obligation by teaching folks, by passing down uh, the heritage of shooting, and by telling folks about their history and teaching folks about their their obligation to the nation. That was a way that, that I could plug myself in to this. But no matter what they decide, they have to do something. There is no other option because once you come to an apple seed, you you you, ha- you only have two options. One is to return back to the couch, get back in the cocoon, and zip it back up, get the remote out, and uh, and float again from one thirty-minute sitcom to the next and do nothing. And then, heaven forbid, on the day this note comes due, you'll be reaping your rewards then. But this is a very scary thing for folks because the other option is for you to hear the words that the instructors say at the benediction to hear those words and to understand that that you no longer have uh, more than two options. You only have those two options. And that one is to go home and do nothing, and the other is now you have to do something. And that's a very scary thing to hear because because now you have to do something. And that's hard for a lot of folks to uh, to accept because they were quite content with doing nothing. And now they have to do something. And what is it they're going to have to do? How are they going to? What are they going to do? How are they going to? How are they going to fix this? 
Now, you can't tell them uh, all the things they need to do, right? You're, they're all grown men and women, and they're going to have to figure out a lot of this on their own. However, during the benediction, there are a lot of things that you can introduce and you can suggest. And, of course, the very first thing that we'd like you to, to do is to make sure that you are doing your best to recruit them as an instructor, as a part of the program. Because the 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 most real indicator of the success or failure of uh, an event is uh, how many instructors you will get from that event. Now, I don't mean that uh, that if you got no instructors by the end of the day on Sunday when you close up the event with a failure. That's not what I'm saying because that's not what it is. All right. People come to events and uh, and they leave without saying a word. And then uh, in a couple of months, they'll show back up. And then, and then a couple of months later, they'll show back up. And then uh, six to eight months after they came to the first event, they'll come back, they'll shoot to rifle standards, and they'll finally have wrestled with the demon inside them and they'll finally say, all right, that's it. This is it. I'm ready now. Because, like I said, the making the decision that they have to do something is tough for a lot of folks. It's very tough and it's very scary because if you acknowledge that there's a problem, then you either do nothing or something. And if you do something, that means you're going to have to take time out of your already filled up life in order to do something. And uh, and they'll decide after uh, you know after two months or four months or six months or eight months or a year or or two years that they got to do something, and that uh, that their decision or that their uh, the way that they're going to do something is to become a part of the program and help push the uh, Appleseed mission further down the road and. So just because you didn't get anybody uh, by the end of the day on Sunday doesn't mean it was a failure. But I'll tell you what, if you do have somebody by the end of the day on Sunday, you can certainly chalk it down as a success, all right? If you can get somebody to uh, raise their hand and take the hat and uh, and take the oath, then, then you have... Uh, you've certainly got a success. Because right now, folks, i got to tell you that that this program is going to, uh, to live or die on the number of folks that we get to join up as instructors over the next uh, few months and years. Without enough instructors... And we can't open up more shoots. We can't get to more folks. We have to have more instructors. We have to have more folks willing to to sign on. Not only are there a lot of uh, a lot of folks who uh, you know who have who have served their time, but there are there are actually folks uh, uh, who have died. Uh, who have gotten ill, who for one reason or another can't can't uh, can't 
uh, work in Appleseed anymore. All right? So we have to be continually filling the ranks, and not just for a break-even sum, all right? It has to be uh, a plus. It has to be a positive. And for us to grow the way we want, it has to be uh, an almost 100% positive. That means uh, out of every uh, out of every 10, say 10 to 12 people you get on the line, we need to have one of those people make the decision to become an instructor. If you have uh, 35 to 40 folks on the line, we need three instructors out of that group. So we need you during your benediction to be getting this message across that that this program, that if they enjoyed this program, they felt that it was worthwhile, that it had meaning, that it had the ability uh, to effect some type of change in the nation, then they're going to have to, they're going to have to take part in it and, uh, and start helping by becoming an instructor. And you've got to do your absolute best to recruit at each of your events. And I know that the majority of you, of the folks listening, are doing this, all right? But you need to make sure that you are, uh, I'm not talking about running this in the ground uh, or about uh, laying on the ground and, and or getting on your knees and begging people to help. Although I'll tell you what, you know, if I thought it would get me two more instructors, I'd go ahead and I'd hit some knees, I think, and start begging because uh, because that's because I'm ready to do that. Uh, you have to make sure that they understand that uh, the program needs them. We don't just we wouldn't just be pleased if they joined. We need them, and they need to understand this. They need to understand that. That it it wouldn't just be a happy thing if they joined, but this is something. This is an important, and that we need them. We need them to answer the call of Appleseed, and to become a member of the program. We need them to become instructors, and you need to make sure that uh, that you're putting this in front of them at the benediction. All right. <clears throat> At some point in the benediction, and uh, usually near the closing, what you want to do is you want to make sure that they understand the sacrifice that was put forth by the folks who stood together on April 19, 1775, and for eight long, bloody years afterwards. They need to understand the sacrifice that was put forward, put forth by those folks so that they could have what they have today. It didn't come free. Nothing comes for free. A lot of people had to sacrifice. And that there is an unbroken line of patriots who have made sacrifices in order that uh, that their posterity their families, their progeny, and their posterity would have the freedoms and liberties that they have. You can do this by uh, by picking whatever part 
of that history that resonates uh, in your heart and then telling it to the folks who are attending and telling it with passion about the sacrifice that they made. Uh, It doesn't have to be anything. The benediction doesn't have to be a long thing. Matter of fact, it's it's better if it's not. I... uh, and I always have a problem with that because a lot of times in my mind I'm thinking, oh, I haven't told them enough. I haven't explained enough how serious this is. Certainly if I explain it one more time, then they'll get it. They'll get it. They'll understand. They'll understand how important it is, how serious it is, how little time we have left. They'll get it. If I tell them one more time, they'll get it. Well, I'll tell you, they don't get it uh, after more and more, all right? Uh, make your benediction just like your story. Uh, make your benediction short, sharp, and clear and clean. Short, sharp, clear and clean. Try and refrain uh, from making the uh, the diagonal or the circling spiral story. Make it short, sharp, and clean. And uh, and then realize if you read the uh, if you read the uh, the Rifleman's Pledge, then you'll read part of it in there that says. <clears throat> You're going to plant these plant these seeds. You're going to plant this information on the folks. You're going to plant these seeds knowing that you may never see the effect of what you have wrought. You may never see these people any of uh these people step forward and take a hat. Uh they may move somewhere else or they may do something else. They may decide that uh, they're not going to do apple seeds. They're going to become a uh uh, some kind of a, uh, a party chair somewhere. They're going to get involved with the school board, or or they're going to uh, uh, get involved with public works. Uh, or they're going to work in their neighborhood and make sure that their neighborhood is clean and safe. You may not ever see the results of the seeds that you have sown. But just like Johnny Appleseed, you're going to you're going to sow the seeds anyway and move on because that's at the end of the day that's what we're doing right we're we're uh, our whole mission is no different than the uh than the mission that uh Johnny Appleseed had and that was planting the seeds sowing as many seeds as possible and moving on some fell in a fallow soil some fell on the rocks some fell on fertile soil. But he didn't stay there uh, to witness this. He didn't stay there uh, to uh, partake of the fruit uh, of the plant that uh, he planted. And he moved on and he kept planting seeds. And that's what you're going to do. And that's what you're explaining, is explaining to the people that are attending that you're doing. So uh, certainly... If you get uh, if you get 
folks to uh, sign up there and there, then you you can write that as a success. However, if you don't get folks to sign up and take uh, and become instructors in there, you can't call that a failure because you don't know yet where they're where they're going to end up. You don't know. Everybody uh, everybody hears the message uh, on a different channel. Everybody hears the message in a different pitch. Some people uh, some people can hear the crisp, clean, sharp melodies of the message that day, and they know exactly what needs to be done. And uh, they shoot the rods and standards, and they stand up there, they put their hand up, and they say, give me the hat, I'm ready, I want it. And uh, some people struggle with it, and uh, and other people don't even think about it until one day they say, what the heck? I, 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 this is what I should have been doing. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, they rush over and they sign up for another event, and uh, and they kind of surprise you uh, because they say, remember me, I was here a year ago. And you go, ah, I don't know if I remember you or not. That was about uh, four or 500 people ago. But yeah, okay. And they say, well, I was here a year ago, and uh, and I'm ready now. All right? <clears throat> and uh, and this is going to be one of the most important things that we do uh, over the next year. And that is making sure people understand what we're trying to do and then getting them to sign on with us. All right? <clears throat> Uh, let's see, Unbridled Liberty is asking, what is the oath or the Rockland's Pledge? Uh, let me see, I could call that up real easy if, if I was on my computer. I'm going to, as you can tell, I'm typing because I'm not speaking or I'm typing, I'm Speaking real, real slow. Uh, this is, uh, and this is different than the Marine Corps uh, pledge. This is a rifleman's pledge written by uh, Fred in the very beginning. And uh, let me see. Okay, you guys ready? Here's the pledge, and this started out uh, this started out many, many years ago, and uh, it's actually on the homepage under uh, our plan. Uh, okay, I don't know where that is. Let me see here if I can see what where that is. I'm guessing it, it must be. Uh, it must be under Appleseed. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, I'll go ahead and read it to you here. This is the pledge that uh, that Fred had written up uh, uh, before there was uh, Appleseed. All right. Starting this minute, I pledge to reach down deep inside myself and wake up that sleeping American, the rifleman. I pledge 
to get my sleeping American to the range so he can learn to shoot. I pledge I will reach out to my friend, my coworker, my relative, my neighbor to wake up their sleeping American. I pledge I will do whatever it takes to help my friends, my coworkers, my relatives learn to shoot as riflemen to preserve our tradition of marksmanship for future generations. I pledge as a rifleman to get active in passing the great American tradition of the rifleman on to others. I pledge to persist, to not give up, to be in this for the duration, to adopt as my motto, never give up. I pledge to plant seeds of marksmanship and the heritage of the founders whenever and wherever I can, understanding I may never know the results. All right? This is what I was speaking to you about earlier. Whenever and wherever I can, understanding I may never know the results. The best way to do this, persist until you become a rifleman. Then sign on as an RWVA Appleseed instructor. I pledge to form a rifleman club and to build a range if necessary. I pledge that I understand I cannot do it all myself, nice as that would be, but that I will need help. And I will get that help by enlisting others to help fail the sinking ship, to make them understand we all have to pick up a bucket if we want to save the ship. I pledge to recruit whenever and wherever I can, understanding some will be better as shooters, some better as recruiters, some as teachers, some as fundraisers, but that all should have the goal of becoming a rifleman and then teaching others how to become riflemen. I pledge I will persist. And then in parentheses, so important, you need to pledge it twice. This pledge given voluntarily on this blank day of blank 2000 and blank. And if I fail to live up to it, I understand I can lose my firearms, my freedom, and my country. And that no true American will be willing to see that happen. So help me God. Signed by blank. In parentheses, American Patriot. <clears throat> and then this advice underneath, okay, so you pledge to go to the range and have fun shooting, get your friends into shooting with you, which is even more fun, to vote, to write one-minute letters to your reps, take advantage of the talents of others to help win the goal, help form a club if needed, maybe even form a range or start a range. Along the way, You'll not only become a rifleman, you'll soon start teaching others to be riflemen. How sweet is that? Believe me, offer this deal to the boys back in 1775 and there'd be no hesitation. Hmm, let's see. An eight-year-long bloody war, home burned, sleep out in the rain and mud, lose 50 to 60 pounds on bad rations or no rations. Uh... Okay, this one is good, right? Watch your friends die of fever and British fall and bayonet 
or go to the range and shoot with some friends. Mm. Tough one, Fred. Let me think it over. Tick tock, tick tock, tick. Just don't think too long, friend. Tempus is fugiting. All right, now that's from uh, that's from our web page, and I believe it is. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna try and uh, I'm gonna try and get this for you. Okay, it's not under facts. Anyway, you guys go to the uh, you guys go to the website and you'll find the Rifleman's Pledge, or you can just Google it. All right, you'll find it. So, uh, Appleseed isn't uh, so uh, brand new that uh, that if you type in Rifleman's Pledge, that uh, Google won't be able to find it. I'm telling you, it's right there. Uh, the only thing above it is the Rifleman's Creed. Right? This is my rifle. There are many like it. A Rifleman's Pledge from Appleseed is right under that one. Uh, Okay. Uh, So the benediction is very important because you, what you've done is you've already, you've gotten, you've you've chopped through all the chafe and fluff, you've, you've chopped through it as far as you're going to get. Uh, I wish I knew some way to get you even closer. I wish I knew how to get me even closer. Uh, I swear that I do because because every time I give the benediction, uh, and I was talking to a friend about this the other night, every time I give the benediction, uh, I think to myself, there's no way they're not going to get this. There's no way they're not going to understand. When I get through with this one today, when I get through with the one today, man, they are going to, they're going to step forward. They're going to step forward and they're going to, uh, they're going to volunteer to help because because they understand how important it is, just like I do. <laughs> and uh, And occasionally they do. But uh, a good bit of the time, they don't. And I've got to tell you that that my heart always breaks uh, when they don't. Because I always think to myself, where are they? Where are they? Where can I find them? Where can I find... uh, where can I find the other patriots? Where can I find them? Where can I find the other uh, uh, Chuck Leemings, the other Red Dot? Uh, where can I find the other uh, SKSs? Where can I where can I find these guys? Uh, I know they're out there somewhere, right? They are. I can, we they, there can't be only this few of us. There can't be. There's got to be more. So where are they? And every time I'm waiting for the the folks to step forward, and like I said, it's, it's fairly often that they do. 
but I'm always a bit shocked that it's not every single time. And uh, and the majority of the time, I I just blame it on me because I I I think of myself. Obviously, I did a poor job. Obviously, I just I, I didn't do it right. I didn't say it right. I didn't explain it right because if I would have, it would have all stepped forward. If I would have just if I would have just said it the right way, I know that they would have. They they can't they can't hear this and not immediately step forward and sign up. They can't. So it had to be me. So I'm going to keep on working and I'm going to keep on figuring it out. And uh, and one of these days, if it's not too late, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out a way that... Uh, the benediction that whenever I give the benediction that I'm going to get 50% of the line to step forward. Somehow, some way, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out the right words, the right pitch to, to, to say them in, the right tone, the right vocal inflection. I'm going to figure out the right way to do it. And, uh, and I'm going to get the folks to step forward. But I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty sure that the only way that's gonna happen, the only way that I'm gonna get the folks I need is by combing through hundreds and even thousands of them. And uh and that means that means a lot of work. And uh, I hope that I hope that we have that time. But if that's what it takes, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what we need you guys to do. We need you to do the same thing. We need you to to comb through all the chafe and the fluff and find the patriots uh, that are hidden down in there. Bring them to the surface. Explain the problems the nation is facing to them and get them to step forward and to sign up, to sign on uh, as defenders of our freedoms and liberties, as the folks who are willing to uh, to make the commitment, make the sacrifice to safeguard the, the freedoms and liberties that we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation. <clears throat> You're going to have to figure out the way to do it. And uh, and if you do, be sure and uh, be sure and let me know if you figure out uh, a way to get uh, uh, even uh, 20% of your line. And uh, uh, man, I'm right there. I'm I'm ready and willing. <laughs> okay. Uh, now I want to talk to you about. Uh, uh, some more interesting uh, information because I just thought this was a, a great story. Uh, there was a, an email sent to me uh, recently, and I, I sent it on to some of the uh, some of the Appleseed folks, and it was it's saying that uh, a lot of the collars dropped. I don't know if it really, if you guys really dropped or if, uh, 
It's a switchboard dump, you guys. Anyway, uh, the uh, there was a uh, an email sent to me that showed a video of the Australian gunman. And listen, for me, uh, I thought the I thought the thing was just it was just hideous because what it was showing was. Uh, a portion of the millions of rifles that were turned in, and it was showing them uh, being lifted by cranes and deposited in trucks that were then uh, driven to machine shops, and uh, and a horde of uh, of guys with chop saws were chopping the rifles up. And uh, I swear it about brought tears to my eyes because if you look closely, you can see some absolutely fantastic rifles that uh, that will never be again. You know, I'm not going to say it's on the same level as watching somebody torch the Mona Lisa, but geez, it was really close. Anyway, the uh, the Australians banned the guns and they had everybody turn them in, and then they chopped them up. They chopped them up, and uh, then they talked about how it not only did it not decrease crime, that murders rose and robberies rose and uh, home invasions skyrocketed, and the folks were really upset because they said that their government uh, was refusing to define what a home invasion home invasion was, because they weren't exactly sure how to, to word it. And you could tell this made a ton of the local people really uh, really angry. Because one of the guys was saying, he goes, you know, if they were trying to figure out uh, about how to explain them getting a uh, salary raise, he said, I bet that wouldn't take more than a day. Uh, and then another woman who was in her, probably in her early 80s, said, well, you know, I define a, a home invasion as as somebody uh, coming into my home to rob, uh, rape, or kill me. And uh, they really seem to be, it, it could be very simple if we're not the government involved. And I'm telling you a story to tell you this, that uh, uh, the other night, uh, last Thursday night, uh, when uh, the caller, when Mark was, uh, uh, had called, and then asked me to give him a call after the show that I did. And we were talking about this. And Mark, uh, it was Mark in Wyoming. Uh, the, uh, was telling me that there were, uh, there was a group of Australian guys who had heard about Appleseed and decided they wanted to come and attend an Appleseed and they had uh they had uh ordered the information i guess on how to become a rifleman from fred then they had built themselves uh training rifles made out of wood since they weren't allowed to have real ones and then they had taken a vacation and flown to the united states and attended an apple seed i believe there in wyoming and uh, got their rifleman patch now, I got to tell you that uh, 
that certainly shows a good bit of determination, right? Uh, would that uh, that all Americans have that that same determination to become riflemen? Uh, that they uh, that they uh, that they would take their uh, that they would build themselves wooden rifles, and uh, and then take a vacation, fly to the United States, and uh, and uh, use their vacation time to attend an apple seed and become riflemen. Uh, I was just uh, pretty amazed at that story. Now I've had folks from all over the world attend events. And I'll tell you what, that the the new citizens of this nation who have lived previously in areas like uh, Russia and Poland and China and uh, the South Americas and, uh, and Asia, when we talk to those folks about safeguarding their rights, their freedoms, and their liberties, they listen. Why? Because they've experienced what can happen uh, when you don't have them. For them, it's this is not uh, some uh, some nebulous abstract theory of what could possibly happen in the future. This has already happened to them. It's already happened, and it's happening to people every day. Don't think that it can't happen here. What? What a, a a very uh, uh, what a ridiculous thought that that we are somehow immune to the same thing happening to us. <clears throat> uh, all right, I'm going to take another caller now. Uh, area code eight zero one Buzz. Yes. Welcome to the show. Yeah. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, I was down there earlier in the year with you uh, at the um, Self-Reliance Expo in Dallas. Oh, right, right, okay. Yeah. Now, I just and... I just prompt, got prompted to call in because you started talking about Australia, and as you can tell, I'm from that neck of the world. I lived through that. Right, and... Uh... And so, so here we are. Well, and thanks for calling in, Buzz, because, and I, I'm sure that no, no one's doubting what I'm saying, <clears throat> but I think a lot of times people think that uh, that folks stretch the truth in order to make it more dramatic. However, no. Uh, if you guys want to, if you guys want to hear it uh, from the Australian's mouth, then here it is, Buzz. Did uh, crime go down when everyone handed in all of their rifles? No, it didn't. Um, I left there shortly thereafter. I, I left there in the end of '97 uh, and came to the U.S. because because I could. Um, but I, I handed everything in. I didn't want to. It broke my heart. But um, you know, nothing changed. It, it, it got worse. Home invasions, you know, are now typical. If you wander around Australian, any Australian city, and you walk around the suburbs, you'll see that most of the homes have bars on the doors and the windows. Right, it, right. That's, yeah, that's, what the, that's one of the things that the video was showing. I know that the video was old and it's been going around, but 
they were showing yep. the bars on the windows and the and all of the people having uh, alarms and everything else, which which really does you not that much good uh, if you're living rurally or. And one of the other things they were talking about was uh, I believe they had the attorney general on there, and he was saying that more the morale of the police force had had just uh, really dropped, and that they didn't have enough. Uh, police to enforce the laws, and uh, the situation was getting horrible. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I can attest to that. I mean, it's uh, when I left there was just kind of a paranoia that anything that had guns to it, people were just scared, and um, it got got to be really crazy there for a while. Now, what is it like now? Uh, is there any chance that uh, that the government will reverse itself on this? Because certainly they've had a great deal of time now to think about this and to see uh, to see the effects of, of their decision. Do you think there's any chance that uh, that the laws could be repealed? Now, I know that they do allow some firearms. They allow some firearms for uh, shooting clubs, right, or for hunting or something yes. like that because – I know that they were talking about that they had to, that the firearms had to be locked, had to be locked up, just assembled, with all the parts kept in different places, just like uh, the old Washington uh, D.C. laws. Do you think that there's some chance that the uh, that the people of Australia will uh, get this reversed? I I don't think there's going to be any any chance at all. Um, a few years later, they had another shooting with a, a guy who had pistols. Um, they banned certain types of pistols, the small, concealable ones. Um, there were people trying to get airsoft guns into Australia. That never happened. Um, so in all seriousness, I think they're, they're tightening up more and more all the time. And I don't think it'll ever be reversed. I think once you lose your freedom in that regard, you will never, ever get it back again. And I think that you're very right. I think that... It's a hundred times uh, more difficult to try and regain your freedom than it is to keep it in the first place. Uh, I wonder. I wonder how many people. Uh, I wonder how many people in Australia think differently now, though, about what they voted in. There are enough people that think differently about it. Even my mother said that uh, getting rid of the guns was, was one of the worst ideas they ever had. And she's not a gun person. And I, I, I believe there are a lot of people now that if they had the chance, right, they would have thought differently at the time. So whenever, you, whenever you're here, and, then, uh, and I'm sure you must have heard me talk about this because uh, uh, I think you can hear the show while you're in the, in the queue, right? Yes, I can. Well, that's what I was telling folks is that when I have folks uh, on the line, and, and and it's quite often when I have folks on the line from Australia or uh, from any of the countries where gun ownership is, is now uh, considered uh, criminal behavior, anytime I have those folks on the line, they are deadly serious. They listen when we talk about uh the idea that that your rights are not permanent, that your rights could, that you can lose your rights, and that something has to be done now, and they always 
they'll always come up and talk to me and say, my gosh, I don't understand why more people uh, are not here at these events or why more people are not listening to this because they have all of these examples that they could go by. Look at my country. Look at this country. Look at this country over here. Look what happened uh, to these countries. And yet they're still toying with the dangerous idea of, uh, of making firearm ownership illegal. Because why don't they understand what can happen? These folks have been through it. They, and now in Australia, you didn't, uh, you didn't lose your freedom in as far as uh, in a comparable way that uh, the folks, say, in, uh, in Russia did or the folks in South America or something like that. But you did lose some of your freedoms. And, and that is frightening. And the people, like I said, the, the Americans take their freedoms for granted. They've always had them, so they always will. And that's, that's in their mind. They've always had these freedoms, so they always will have them. They don't understand how, uh, uh, how, how easy it is to lose these freedoms. And once lost, how difficult to regain them. That's absolutely right. Um, in, in most Australian states, it is a crime to even defend yourself with a firearm. Even, even if you believe that you are in imminent danger of dying right, or your family members are going to be seriously injured, if you defend yourself with a firearm, you will be the one going to jail. Yeah, well, I just uh, I read about something that just recently. I, some guy, there was one guy in, uh, in Great Britain that did that and another guy in Australia. And I think the two cases to me seem like really, really almost... Uh, the exact same kind of thing, but in the one case, uh, I believe one of the guys in Australia had uh, he somebody was breaking into his home, and I, I I'm thinking that he had a shotgun illegally, or, or maybe he didn't. Maybe it was legal. And anyway, I guess he had time to assemble it, put it together, and then shot the people that uh, were breaking into the home to cause it. It was it really was very little doubt that they were going to cause bodily damage, or at least uh, uh, to rob them, uh, and the person was sent to prison. Yep. Uh, I don't know the exact case, but I've known other cases in Australia where, where that did happen, yes. People in America think that this can't happen to them. There's no way this could ever happen to them. And and it's probably, it, I, I would say that it's probably a little bit more difficult here than in. Hey there, Scout. I've lost you. Okay, no, it's it's not you guys. It was me. We lost uh, we lost power here, and when we lose power, the phones reset themselves. And in that brief 
couple of seconds where they reset themselves, uh, I lose connection with the server in New York, and i got to start all over. Uh, are you still there, uh, Buzz? Okay. Can you uh, can you guys uh, can you guys still hear me? Am I back on here? Uh, just type into the chat. I can see the chat. Type in the chat if you can if you can hear me. <clears throat> okay. Thank you, Ed. Uh, okay. Uh, let me see. Let me get uh, let me get Buzz back. Buzz, are you uh, there? I'm here. Okay, I apologize for that. My uh, I, I live uh, rurally. I live way out in the middle of nowhere at the end of a uh, the end of a long electric cable, and uh, and anything in the world can uh, cause a break in it. So, yep. Uh, once we lose power, it'll. Uh, it resets everything, and I got to start back. Luckily, it didn't uh, it didn't do anything to the computers, but uh, but just that brief buzz will reset the phone connections. Uh, okay, so sure. let me ask you this, Buzz, because of because of what you have been through, and now are you did you apply for United States citizenship? Yes, I'm a, I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm in uh, I'm in Utah. I'm the state coordinator for Utah at the moment, and. Um, Every time I give my, my benediction, you know, I, I tell my story and tell them that, yeah, you can lose your freedoms. If you lose them, you'll probably never get them back. And and do you think that uh, do you think that the people listening to you really believe you, or do you think that? Uh, and I know that a good portion of them do, but. Like I was saying a while ago, I, I always think it's me. I'm, I'm saying, you know, maybe I'm just not figuring out the right thing to say, the right way to say it. Uh, if I can just, if I could just do it different, if I could find the right way to do it, more people would listen. And uh, and I'm just wondering if when people listen to you and you say, hey, listen, this is no joke. I, I, I'm not. I'm not from a country. Where uh, where I've always had the rights, and I never have to worry about losing them because I've always had them. Uh, I, I live in a country where we lost the rights. Does it make any impression on them? Do they do they step up any bit faster? Because if they do, I'm going to adopt an Australian accent and start telling them the same thing. I I think it makes an impression. Um, whether they step forward or not, I mean, we we had a shoot last weekend. We we had two riflemen. Um, one guy was yes, he, he wants to to uh participate in the program but he's not sure, you know, whether he can get up to that standard. You know, I'm I'm telling him, Hey, you know, it takes months, you know, we'll coach him. But um yeah, the program is, is, is going here all the time. We we started this um this year with four shoots, we're now up to seven. Right, we're getting new instructors, right? We're filling every shoot. Every shoot is sold out. Um, weeks, maybe a month in advance. And so the program is growing, and I've no doubt that uh, we will get the people that we need to keep this program going in this, this state. Wow. 
So the shoots are well. You know what? Whenever uh, when I was when we were at the expo and uh, we did your we did your uh, uh, we did one of your PCs there. I can't remember which one, but yeah. I know yeah. I know that uh, that I was uh, very determined to get it done because uh, and I think I explained it to the uh, the folks at. Uh, and such are promotions, although they don't have any, they don't have any say in it. You know, it's, we got to do it the right way, no matter what. But I, I was trying to impress upon them that we needed this done because uh, you were willing to step up and uh, take over the uh, the job in Utah, which which at that time had no one to do it, and uh, and that this was a very high priority. And I'm I can't tell you how happy I am to hear that. That your events are uh, are being so well attended. Yeah, we uh, we just listed a new shoot uh, maybe oh, and a half ago, and it's got uh, thirteen people have signed up already. We've only got another seven tickets left to sell. Wow! And uh, about how many events are you guys running? Are you are you guys able to run one a month now? We're getting to that stage. We ran. We started with four this year. We're up to seven so far this year. I might see if we run another one in November. Um, but um, next year, you know, I, I want to be doing one a month. Uh, one up in uh, the northern part of Salt Lake City. Another one down south. And then next year as well, move further down. Uh, move to Price. We've got some people out in Price. They've got a beautiful range out there. Back down to maybe Cedar City. They had some shoots there originally, but that's died. So we can spread it throughout the whole state. So I'm thinking maybe another two, two ranges next year, and we can get them up to at least one, maybe two a month. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Well, Buzz, you know that uh, uh, you've, you've, I think you've got all my contact information still, right? If there's ever anything yep. I can do to assist you guys. Let me know, and I'm going to try and figure out some way to get out to uh, uh, to Utah to attend one of your events because uh, you know, I can't wait. You know, it, it, I'm, uh, I really enjoy attending events, especially in areas where they're just starting off, and uh, and I really look forward to coming out there and going to one of your events. I think it'll be great. Uh, you got anything else that you'd like to put out? No, uh, that's. That's great. Uh, anytime you're welcome, you've got my information. Give me a call, and you're welcome out here anytime. All right. Listen, Buzz. Thanks for uh, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for coming to the nation and uh, and helping uh, to become a part of the solution. And uh, and I certainly hope that uh, our future uh, is not going to. Uh, to be the same as in many other countries, uh, Australia included. All right, listen, God bless and keep your buzz. Uh, yell if you need anything, and uh, and don't hesitate to call into the show and let us know how it's going in Utah, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, thank you, sir. Uh, well, there you go. I mean, I don't know how to make it more plain. I don't know how to make it... Uh, uh, any planner. And I know that when I'm talking to you guys, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, all right? I know that you guys understand what I'm saying. Uh, 
and I hope that everybody understands uh, the, the the seriousness of this uh, and the importance and, and the speed that we have to move. All right, be sure and and work as hard as you can on your recruiting. And uh, I know I didn't get uh, as far along as I wanted to in the other 28 days, but uh, we'll probably run that again uh, this coming week. I want to thank all the folks that called in, uh, Fisher Dog, Buzz. Uh, I want to thank uh, my co-host, Sam Day, uh, because, uh, like I told you, every every time I'm on the air, you can bet he's on the air there, too, with me. And uh, I want to thank all the people that tuned in and listened. And, uh, Bullet, I see you're there now. You missed it, but I was talking nice about you. I gave uh, everybody uh, the story of your uh uh, of your first uh, story during the storm, because I wanted them to know how much I appreciate uh, the local crews here. I think you did a great job. Uh, thanks to all of the folks who listened and participated tonight. Uh, if you didn't catch it all here, you can catch it in uh, uh, in iTunes. You can download it off the site or download it off the Blog Talk site, or you can subscribe to it on iTunes. All right, uh, uh, once again, uh, remind folks that uh, we have the, uh, in Texas here, we have the instructor, Katie Shoot, uh, the one-day-only shoot for the instructors. I think we have one slot left, if we have that now. One slot left, and that's for September 15th. And then for anybody that wants to attend, we have one, we, we've got a few slots left on the fighting shotgun course for September 16th, that's Sunday. Uh, we've got a few slots left for that. I went over and I checked the uh, the site. We've got a few slots left for that. But if you'd like to come to uh, take the course, the fighting shotgun course, then uh, it's really going to be a great course. Uh, just like uh, and all the information is at battleroadusa.com. All right. <clears throat> Thanks to everybody that, uh, that listened tonight, and uh, be sure and tune in next week at the same time, 7 p.m. Central for another episode of the Rifleman Radio Show. All right. God bless you all and uh, keep you close and safe. Good night, everybody.
Dragging who we meet, you call this liberty. 